Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back to Better Living. I'm your host, Nick Carissimi. Continuing our conversation about CBD, I just got done with Richie Janes. He's the founder of a company called Hemp Life. He came in a couple of weeks ago, and we just started to learn about what CBD is. This isn't normally what we do on the show, but I figured you hear so much about it, it was a good topic to explore, and luckily Richie has uh, donated his time to the show to be here and to talk about that. Today he has brought in an associate of his. Chelsea Spencer is a partner at Ritter Spencer PLLC, and she is a hemp lawyer. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I've never met a hemp lawyer before. (laughs) There aren't many of us in the state of Texas. Uh, a few across the United States, but not terribly many in Texas. Why get into this? Uh, so about six years ago, uh, I'm an intellectual property attorney, and I represent a very large vaping company. And they came to me, I believe it was 2013 or 14, and wanted to register a trademark for a vaping good that contains CBD. And at that time, the response was, you know, what what is CBD? Nobody was talking about it at that time. Um, so without getting into the history of registering a CBD trademark at the USPTO, suffice to say, it's been like a roller coaster and requires a fairly scientific knowledge of the plant itself and a technical uh, knowledge of that. So that is how I got started, uh, and I do medical marijuana and hemp. All right. I think this might be a good thing for the people that are listening. As I mentioned, what I'm really trying to do here is get people to understand what CBD is and to separate fact from fiction. Let's talk about your journey through CBD when you were first approached to it to now. As you mentioned, you've done extensive research on all aspects of this product. What was your initial impression and where are you at now with CBD? So I think it's a fascinating subject area. Uh, I'm very interested in the the science and the technology in the CBD side. So CBD is one of at least 113 known phytocannabinoids, phyto meaning naturally occurring within the cannabis genus. Uh, and it was a, a very large learning curve. At that time, nobody knew what cannabidiol is. It is, as Richie was saying, one of the chemical components within the hemp plant. At that time, finding CBD products on mass market sales was a little difficult due to the legal landscape pre-2018 Farm Bill. I can say that the industry has made leaps and bounds in the past six to seven years. And as far as legality, we're seeing a changing landscape, both at the federal and the state levels. Legally speaking, is CBD going in the direction that you think it should go? Yes and no. Um, So we we made major accomplishments with the 2018 Farm Bill. And what the 2018 Farm Bill did that was incredibly important was that amended the Federal Controlled Substances Act to clarify that hemp-derived cannabinoids, and CBD is what's called a cannabinoid, is legal federally. Now, there are a hundred CBD websites out there that consumers will see that have big, bold letters, and I'm telling you to ignore all of them, that say CBD is legal in all 50 states. That's an absolutely false statement. There is a difference between federal law and state law. So we've made great progress at the federal level, 
But at the same time, we're having a few issues with regulatory agencies such as the FDA and then states that still have outdated criminal statutes on their books. We're hearing a lot more about how marijuana cases are being dropped because of, is it because of this hemp law and then also this 3% rule? Does that really affect the CBD realm at all? Uh, it absolutely does. So HB 1325 is the Texas-specific legislation that was passed, and it mirrors And this federal. is new, right? It is new. It was effective as of June 10th, 2019. Um, those of us in the industry worked incredibly hard to get this bill passed because prior to the effective date of this bill, CBD was technically illegal in the state of Texas, even if it did not contain tetrahydrocannabinol, which is a psychoactive cannabinoid. Um, So under HB 1325, a consumer can legally possess a CBD product that contains up to 0.3% THC. You're so up to date on this stuff. I want to throw you curveball questions, but I don't actually have any. So I I feel like I'm missing an opportunity. (laughs) Let's just go over basic questions. Is CBD legal in the state of Texas? As long as the CBD is properly sourced from hemp, and what that means is it has to have been sourced from hemp that is grown pursuant to an approved program under the Farm Bill. Right now, all hemp being produced in the United States is produced under the 2014 Farm Bill. What we're doing here in Texas and in other states that have passed hemp legislation in the interim is waiting on the United States Department of Agriculture to announce the program regulations for hemp growth. Once those go in place, states like Texas can begin growing. So as long as the, the hemp is properly sourced from an approved grower and the final product contains less than 0.3% THC, it is a legal product in the state of Texas. Now, there is a difference. There's cannabis sativa, the species, and within that species falls both marijuana and hemp. To qualify as legal hemp, it has to be below 0.3% THC. If CBD is derived from the marijuana plant, it remains illegal. And yes, to answer your question about the prosecutions dropping earlier, that is part and parcel of the reason. But the technical answer to that is that the the state of Texas does not have the quantitative analysis uh, capability. They don't have have the equipment. They don't have the equipment necessary. It's incredibly expensive. And so they will likely be, and we know that they are because they're working with private laboratories to send some of that testing out. We're talking about sourcing the product. I couldn't tell you the source of 99% of the things I ingest, unfortunately. How can people make sure that what they're buying is not only a legal product, but let's say a good product? So a couple of things to answer that question. Uh, Texas is leading the forefront. We were a bit behind Indiana, but we are leading the forefront in CBD packaging and labeling requirements. So any CBD product sold in retail in the state of Texas is now by statute required to have either a scannable QR code or a website link that the consumer can access. And at that QR code or at the URL link, the consumer should be able to access a statement, a written certification that the Delta 9 THC concentration in that product does not exceed 0.3%. They'll be able to see the batch ID, the batch date, and most importantly, they'll be able to see what we call the COA, the Certificate of Analysis. A Certificate of Analysis is a report from an independent testing laboratory that is going to show the cannabinoid potency profile of the product, meaning that it's going to break down different cannabinoids in that product, including CBD, THC, THCA, and most importantly, what the consumer should be looking for is Does the total CBD content match what the labeling claim uh, is stated? 
and does the THC total THC content come in below 0.3 if not that's not a trusted product and if it exceeds that 0.3 they could be arrested in the state of Texas for having that product uh, and another important point consumers should be aware of is right now in the entire industry there is no field testing mechanism that can provide the quantitative analysis required excuse me quantitative analysis required to differentiate hemp from marijuana at a roadside stop so if you have a tincture on your personage and the officer subjects you to a field test, the, the little paper strip, it's going to turn uh, the requisite color just to show the detectability of THC. They have no mechanism to say whether that's hemp or marijuana right now. Same for drug test dogs. Uh, it's, they're sniffing dogs. It's going to sniff a positive because of the presence of THC in that product. Why has Texas focused so much on the regulation of it? As you just described, it sounds easy to make sure that the product you're taking is actually a good product. I'm not sure of a better term to to say, but it really doesn't sound like you have to jump through a lot of hoops to figure out what I'm taking is on the up and up. You should not have to. So most reputable manufacturers will make several sourcing documents available to you, including the original crop growers certification. So for instance, if they're growing in Colorado, they should have documentation from the Colorado Department of Agriculture. They will have a certificate of analysis on the crop itself. They'll have a certificate of analysis on the product itself. Unfortunately, uh, because this is a new and emergent industry, there are unscrupulous individuals who have uh, taken the opportunity to capitalize on this. Uh, so, for example, a, a great story I love to give is one of the premier uh, testing laboratories in the United States sent out a warning uh, was it towards the end of last year, and they said, well, we can't disclose what the product is because that would violate confidentiality, but all of you in the industry need to be aware we are seeing a highly volatile compound testing uh, in several of these products. And what was that compound? It was industrial paint thinner, what you would walk into Lowe's or Home Depot and purchase off the shelf. So that's why it's incredibly important for consumers to vet those certificate of analysis to watch out for those sites that are making legality claims in all 50 states. That right there should tell you they haven't had good counsel. And third is the FDA is um, very interested in some of these companies making health claims. If you're on a website and the website is claiming that CBD will cure your cancer, it will treat your Alzheimer's, that's not a, a reputable product provider. Here's another question that I've heard a lot of people ask. Will I fail a drug test if I take CBD? You can. So if the product contains up to 0.3 THC, it is entirely possible if you're taking an ingestible and edible that you will fail a drug test. Is there a legal protection, though, for people that are taking this for the right reasons? They're not getting high. This isn't. The, no. They're not smoking weed. Is there a way for them to go, whoa, whoa, whoa? and explain what the situation is? Not yet. So for, for all of the listeners out there, if you are at a workplace that has a drug testing policy, you need to be very familiar with that policy and its requirements. Uh, and if you are taking CBD for, for some sort of medicinal or health reason, talk to your employer because this is an area of law, uh, particularly in the employment context, that is developing daily. We've had several states who have um, filed lawsuits on behalf of either ADA privileges or a, a state benefit program. As of yet in Texas, because this is so new, we don't have any, any litigation or any legislation that can provide concrete guidance on that. So 
Suffice to say, people need to check their workplace drug testing policies and be aware that depending on your individual metabolism, you can absolutely uh, test positive on a drug test. Where is Texas at on the national scale as far as being a part of this conversation, let's say? When I think of CBD, you're going to say probably California, Colorado, Oregon, and then Texas is usually somewhere in that mix, but it's I wouldn't call it the front runner. No, so, I, I'd say Colorado, Oregon, and, and Indiana are some of the front runners for various reasons. Texas was very, very late to the table, uh, and that's because we, we live in a very prohibitionist culture that I think uh, lack of education proved uh, a big detriment to getting hemp legislation passed here in Texas. Uh, but we are here now, and the state is going to be pronouncing rules and regulations that govern the hemp program requirements. We know what some of those requirements are going to be from the legislation itself, but the Texas Department of Agriculture will be responsible for developing the rules for hemp cultivation, and the Texas Department of State Health Services will be developing the rules that will govern the manufacturers and the retailers that consumers will be purchasing from. Do you have a goal, or is there something that you're looking forward to as far as CBD and the way that it works in our culture I would like to see, uh, there is a lot of misinformation out there. Um, for example, I was recently speaking at a summit in Colorado, and when I walked into the uh, exhibition room, the first thing I saw was a big poster board for a cancer care treatment kit. Uh, the FDA would say that is wholly impermissible. Um, and so I think the industry as a whole is really asking for, number one, clarification from the FDA, because that is a whole pot of worms there with what's going on with the FDA, uh, but some type of guidance and regulation on a national standard, not only to help consumers trust the product, but to help people like Richie who are starting new companies to have some type of certainty instead of, you know, getting an email from their attorney every day saying, well, the Idaho attorney general just came out with this written opinion and it states this. So you were able to sell here last week, but now we've got to pull it. Besides just giving you a phone call, what's a good way for people to brush up on this and to know just the basic do's and don'ts? So that is a question I get asked every time I, I speak publicly or do an interview. And unfortunately, the answer is that it is incredibly hard for a consumer. Not only do my, my clients who are cultivators, growers, manufacturers, and retailers have problems keeping up and and i have problems keeping up we average how do you keep up with this i mean it's not like there's a newsletter that you get no uh we averaged my time once uh, spent on keeping up with the different rules regulations statutes changing authorities and i spend about six to eight hours a week non-billable time in checking what regulations have changed in each state so there are various places you can do that the attorney general's offices of the various states are very helpful Always start with the state's relevant legislation. Um, again, for, for a consumer, that may be difficult to find. Um, unfortunately, it's, a, it's an industry in which uh, legality is not so much no longer a gray area, but it is very difficult to find correct information out there. Stick to reputable companies. Yes. Do your research. Absolutely. Pay attention. Absolutely. Sounds like the best advice that we could uh, have for just about anything, but that really sounds like it applies here the most. It's it's an industry in which the consumer really needs to do their diligence. We have uh, food and drug and beverage laws that protect certain areas. So if you go into Walmart to buy 
you know, a cereal, you know that it's being manufactured within the confines of the FDA guidance. CBD and THC are substances that the FDA is taking a very serious look at right now. Uh, in fact, the FDA believes and states that you can't add CBD or THC into a food, a drug, a beverage, or cosmetics, and you can't advertise it as a dietary supplement. Um, there are exceptions under the Food and Drug Cosmetic Act, and the FDA is looking into whether CBD and THC may qualify for some of those exceptions. But as of right now, the responsibility really is on the consumer to ensure that what they're putting into their body is what's purported to be on that product label because I, I do this every single day. I represent manufacturers, wholesalers, white labels across the nation, and I cannot tell you how many times I've had, for example, a distributor come to me and say, hey, the manufacturer gave me this COA, Certificate of Analysis. Can you take a look at it? And I look at it and say, they made that in a Word document. That's not a real Certificate of Analysis. Um, so the consumer needs to, to do their research before they uh, choose a company and make sure that they have a verifiable certificate of analysis. It sounds like you run into a lot of fast and loose people that are running this stuff and just kind of throwing it out there. And you as a lawyer, you have to be kind of cringing on the inside. I do not take clients. So when, when if you're coming to me as a manufacturer, retailer, grower or, or whatever in the industry, uh, I require a, a one hour consultation. Uh, it is paid. And I vet you. Not only are you vetting me to see if we work, but I vet you. And if I hear any indication that you're going to be doing things illegally or cutting corners, uh, you will not be my client. That's a good endorsement for you. I'm talking to Richie Jane still in the studio. You have a background in intellectual property. Are you just hemp full-time now? No, so I still do intellectual property. Um, It sounds like this is a full-time job. It is. I would say that my... <laughs> Just this, it seems like it would take up all of your time. I would say I've converted to about 95% hemp and uh, cannabis and 5% IP. I am walking away from litigation, which has freed up a lot of my time, but mm. I still do all of my transactional intellectual property, including trademark registration and, and copyrights, licensing agreements. Uh, but a lot of it is my existing hemp and cannabis companies. Because this is such a congested industry right now, uh, a trademark is a, it's what we call an appreciable asset. It builds value for the business uh, in that you don't necessarily have to invest. You do have to invest money because you need to build goodwill, that consumer association. So when I say the word Coca-Cola, all of your listeners are going to have heard of Coca-Cola. And if they like Coca-Cola and trust the brand, that's what we call goodwill. Um, so trademarks are incredibly important for the CBD industry because you have to distinguish yourself when there's 500 companies out there within a 50 mile radius doing the same thing that you do. You really, really need to build a consumer trust and be brand recognition. Well, it's a fascinating subject and I have learned a lot. I'm sure that we could keep going, but unfortunately we're going to have to cut it there. Chelsea Spencer has been my guest. She's a partner at Ritter Spencer PLLC and she's a hemp lawyer and she knows what she's talking about. Thank you very much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed it.